This is The Friendship File, where we flip open the blueprints behind some of the world's most important relationships, the ones we have with our friends. Two friends have each been sent the same set of questions. They've recorded their responses on their own and without consulting. Here is the combination of their answers. This time, Celia and Ange. My name's Angela. I'm Celia. I am 49. I've known Celia since 1989. 30 years. We met at our first week at Manchester University. Describe the very first moment you remember seeing them. Well, probably the first day of Freshers Week, because Celia's room was next door but one to mine, and we were just separated by a girl called Andrea. My first impressions of Ange uh, were that she was very blonde, very bubbly and very Welsh. She's probably the first person I knew with a Welsh accent. The first thing I remember about Celia was just that she seemed very warm and very lovely. I instantly liked her. Um, She was really easy to get on with, really happy, really easygoing, always kind of obviously going to be a good person to be a friend with. When did that click happen? The moment you thought, yeah, I like you. Although we met in Freshers' Week, we actually didn't become kind of best friends, if you like, for a number of years after that. She had another group of friends who she went on to share a house with in the second year. Although we'd always got on well. When we left university, she stayed in Manchester and I moved down to Birmingham and to Essex. So we were miles away from each other. I do remember that... The day that I moved down to London was the same day that Celia moved up to Liverpool. Up north and we literally passed each other on the M6. Finally, we we ended up living in London. Thankfully, some years after that, Celia moved down south as well. And that's when I guess we became uh, really close friends because we would see each other a lot. Um, I do remember being really touched when Celia asked me to be her bridesmaid, because although I'd always really liked Celia, I hadn't maybe until that time thought of us as best friends. And so um, that was really lovely. And then later on, she was my bridesmaid as well. What is your thing? The thing you do when you get together? Our favourite thing to do is um, to get together in London. We've always met for drinks uh, and a meal. We have a really nice meal and a really good bottle of wine. So I know if there's uh, goat cheese on the menu, she'll always have the goat cheese. And uh, she knows I'll always order a pudding. When we do that, that is always a real treat. Really lovely. It's so nice to be able to talk to her. Uh, we unload any problems and we just laugh about things that, that we've done. And uh, I've been really missing that during the lockdown. What are your nicknames for each other? We don't really have any nicknames for each other, but uh, Celia is known as Seals. Um, and that's quite difficult to spell. I spell it C-E-A-L-S. Oh, something people just call me from university and, and when I was younger as well. Uh, not many people call me Seals these days, though. Uh, So it's quite nice when I hear it. What is their best quality? I would say Angie's best quality is um, that she's so easygoing. She's not judgmental in any way. And I think I am probably my most authentic self when I'm with her. She's extremely kind-hearted. There's never any edge to Celia or any spite. She always tries to do the right thing. 
and if she's in some kind of moral dilemma you know then she's she feels guilty about that other people that have commented to me that they have met Ange for the first time that she you feel like you're having a conversation with somebody that you've known for years uh, even when you've just met her she's a good talker uh, and a good listener too the other thing I really love about Celia is that she makes me laugh and I make her laugh and so then we just spend our whole evening laughing at things and I'm, I'm always cheered up. What is it about them that drives you mad? There isn't really anything that drives me mad about Ange because she's too nice, uh, really, uh, for me to think of anything. The I suppose more I worry uh, because I know she can get super stressed and anxious about things um, and I think that would be um, my biggest worry, really for her there's pretty much nothing i can tell you about celia that drives me mad um or even slightly rankles with me or gets on my nerves at all but what i will say is that um i definitely can't give her anything expensive to take home on the train with her because she will leave it on the train what do you think it is about you that drives them mad probably my ability to lose things um, she's bought me some wonderful presents over the years, um, including a really nice skirt, um, which I managed to leave on the train. And I also bought her a really nice present, really nice cushion, which I also left on the train. Leave it on the train, 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 train. If I were her, what would drive me mad is my obsession with work. I have a very unimportant job. If I don't do my job right, nobody dies. Um, there's no life and death or anything like that. But I do find it quite difficult to get perspective sometimes. And so probably uh, me going on about work would probably drive her mad and, and quite rightly so. What do you envy about them? Well, at different times of my life, I've been envious that she has been able to not have such a stressful job as mine although she has obviously had lots to do uh, running a, a house and a family but if there's something that I envy about Celia it's probably her garden she's got a huge garden it's absolutely beautiful and the house is beautiful as well it's got a double aspect so you can see both east and west from Celia's kitchen. I think what I envy about Ange is her ability to do an, uh, an amazingly high-powered job um, and keep the family and the household running. Um, she is amazing and it doesn't surprise me that she gets strengths and anxious because she's juggling so many balls. She has this um, amazing job which she always tells me is boring but I don't believe it. I have a very unimportant she's job. She's always meeting people and putting together figures and, and contracts that are, are really vital to other people's work. I do my job right, nobody does. She's doing that every day and still being a great mom and, uh, and a great wife and, and a great daughter and a great friend. So I admire her immensely. Um, yeah, and I, and I, am, I envy her ability to, to do that. I, I really do, I think she's, um, I think she's amazing.
When are they at their happiest? Celia is probably at her happiest uh, with her family. Um, but I like to think she's also happy when we're having a good giggle in a restaurant on a Friday night. A glass of wine or a glass of beer in a hand and um, having a good chat. Yeah. Don't tell her kids that, but <laughs> I'm sure she's really happy with them. But, you know, children can drive you mad sometimes, can't they? Um, so I reckon good friends or maybe on holiday. Yeah, she's at the happiest when she's on holiday as well, I'd say, when she can relax and actually enjoy being a mom. Have you ever had a fight? I don't recall. Not that I can think of. Ever having had a fight. I'm sure there are things we might not agree on. I don't remember ever having an argument with her about anything. I'm just really the sort of person you can have a fight with. Um, um, I really genuinely don't think we've had a crossword in, in 30 years. We've never had to, to resolve any issues. Talk about a time they really came through for you. There are lots of times that Celia's come through for me and I can't pick any one. They would be, I guess, the big, the big things that have happened in my life, such as getting married, having the kids. And when my mum died six years ago, uh, Celia's always been there for me in those difficult times. And any time that I'm finding work difficult or stressful, she always takes that seriously and never belittles that and never says, oh, well, it's only work. The time that I, I thank Ange for um, most, I think, is the time um, when my dad died um, and she and my other really good friend Nina came to the funeral and I, I wasn't expecting it. We weren't living in the same town. Um, it was a, a, a long um, journey for both of them and it was really wonderful. Um, that they did it made such a difference um, having them there it was um, yeah it was just it was it made a big difference having them there Give an example of your shared language, the sort of stuff that only you get. I always associate um, the word lovely with, with Anne, so things will be lovely, lovely. And um, it's also lovely. Because we know each other so well, we might sometimes refer to each other's backgrounds, so we might say something in a Birmingham accent or a Welsh accent, because that's our background. Uh, we've got lots of shared memories, so we probably refer back to those a lot. If they were a food, what food would they be? If Ange were a food, I think it should be ice cream because everyone likes ice cream. And there's always a flavour to suit everybody. And I think Ange can get on with anybody. I think she could be an ice cream with sprinkles and a chocolate flake. And a I think she would be chocolate because she's sweet. And lots of sauce. She definitely would be something sweet. The best kind of, of ice cream you could ever have. Is there anything you've always wanted to apologise to them for or to explain, but have never got round to it? The day that Celia split up with her boyfriend, the boyfriend that she had before she met her now husband, she called me and 
I was living with my sister at the time and my sister and I had arranged to do something and I should have just had a bit more spine and said, well, no, because, you know, Celia needs me right now and I didn't. So I have at various times felt uh, guilty about that. I've always wanted to apologise and I think I probably have apologised to her for the trip to Amsterdam that I made it go on. I told her she'd have a fun weekend. It was probably the worst weekend of our lives, taking 60, uh, 17 to 19-year-olds to Amsterdam for the weekend and just having the most stressful two nights with uh, Bedlam in the hotel, losing students, generally having to calm the manager down and pay for damages in the hotel. The fact that Andrew's still my friend after that uh, is uh, is a testament to her, her good-naturedness. I, I thought it would be fun, but it definitely wasn't. <laughs> I'm really sorry for that. What have they done that has surprised you? One thing that surprised me, although I'm not at all sure why it, it should have, was that Celia um, decided not to go back to work after she had her first son. But what really impressed me about Celia was that there was a period of time... Uh, three or four years um, between Celia having her children and me having mine and you would think that that sort of difference in lifestyle would really make us grow apart and it didn't at all and I credit Celia with that because I absolutely did not get the whole children thing I didn't understand how it changes your perspective and how you reprioritize and how really everything changes and although that had happened to Celia she never said that to me and she never said anything like oh you don't understand what it's like or she considered my job to be still an important topic of conversation even though it wasn't really and I really um this came up in discussion recently and I did say how impressed I was with that um that we hadn't grown apart in that time. I think she surprised me when she took up tennis, actually. Um, I don't know why. I, I suppose I just wasn't expecting it. Um, I like tennis, and now Andrew really likes tennis. And the crazy thing is we've never played together since she took it up. Um, and I can't really figure out why that is. I think it's because geographically, I don't know, it doesn't work. That makes me think about that maybe I should reevaluate how we should uh, get together because it would be really nice to play tennis together at some point. If they suddenly disappeared from this world, what is the one thing that you would lose that you cannot get anywhere else? I can't imagine how awful it would be if Celia suddenly disappeared from the world. It would be, it could almost make me cry just thinking about it. Um, but I suppose if there's one thing I had to choose, it's that she unfailingly always, always, always cheers me up. Even at times when one of us has been having a difficult time and I would um, greatly, greatly miss her if she if she disappeared from the world. I very much hope she doesn't. If Andrew wasn't there anymore, my world would be a, a sadder place. I'd miss just having someone to call up or, or to see and have a whinge to and know that she wouldn't judge me for my whinging and... I would miss having someone to have a laugh with about the daft things that um, I'd done. And again, she wouldn't judge me for my opinions or she's known me 
for so long. She knows how I think. She knows all the ins and outs of, of my life. Um, so having someone to to go to for advice um, and someone who I can just have a laugh with um, is, is um, yeah, the thing I would miss dreadfully, dreadfully. That's how I persuaded her to do this. I said, when one of us cops it, at least we can actually hear each other speak about each other. Before anyone else heard the answers to the questions, the friends got a chance to listen to each other and to react. I was interested how similar our answers were in so many places. I'd completely forgotten which room she was in at university. I had a living in another friend's room. And it made me laugh to remember the coach trip to Amsterdam. I really don't think Celia has got anything to apologise for. It definitely wasn't her fault. And more importantly, I'd completely forgotten that she uh, had not been around when I ditched my um, old boyfriend. So uh, she never has to ask for forgiveness for that because in my mind's eye, it wasn't really a big deal. But also, I don't know if she's forgotten that I actually had quite a lot too much to drink on the way over. So much, in fact, that I missed the whole of Belgium. And to this day, that remains, I think, the drunkest I've ever been. So I really don't think Celia's got anything to apologise for there. The other interesting thing was hearing that she hadn't considered herself to be um, a really close friend until I asked her to be my bridesmaid, which I I thought that had been a bit of a no-brainer. Anyway, it was a lovely thing to do, this podcast, um, and I've enjoyed it. It was lovely listening to it back. It makes me sad when she says that her work is really unimportant, because it's not. A lot of people depend on her. Ignore her when she says it's unimportant. Thank you for listening to this entry into The Friendship File. It was produced by me, Jane Morgan, and the music was composed by James Lancaster. You can find The Friendship File on Apple Podcasts or in all the usual places. So please subscribe, review and rate us. Plus, you can find the questions, photos of the friends and other interesting stuff on our website, thefriendshipfile.com. You'll also find our contact details so you can get in touch if you and a friend would like to take part in a future episode or if you've got any suggestions for good questions that we can add to the list. James Lancaster is part of Walkering, and you can find more of their music on Spotify and Apple Music. The Friendship File is a podcast production. Till next time, goodbye. <laughs>